ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Monday, April 12th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer made pure. We're going to hear from Coach Huff. He had a media availability earlier today, so we're going to get his thoughts later on about the upcoming spring game. That is happening this week. It'll be Saturday, 3 o'clock at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. It's been a while since we've actually had a game to talk about. So it's been a while since we've actually had a a true spring game. It's been a long, it's not just been a year. It's been several years since we've had a real spring game. Not a controlled scrimmage. I mean, it still will be controlled, but it's going to have more of a game feel. And we talked to Coach last week, and he's talked about the importance of having that game feel, going through the motions, not just, okay, this is what we do. Learning, this is what we do. This is how we eat. This is how we do breakfast. This is how we go to the bus. This is how we do the walk. This is how we do everything. And I I think that is important for what Coach Huff is trying to do at Marshall. I mean, he's been pretty adamant saying, look, we're not saying anything that came before us was bad. We're just saying this is how we do things. And he has been, I think, taking um, a, a deliberate, methodical approach to how he is trying to get this program ready. And he's pretty upfront and candid. Like, look, it's a process right now. Are we ready to play a game yet? Are we ready? There's some things we got to do. So we're going to hear from him later on the program. We'll get your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition of the show. Uh, There's a lot to talk about over the weekend. Of course, if you are a Pirates fan, you know one thing. The Cubs are not very good. (laughs) Let's let's just be honest. The Reds are good. We know the Reds are good because they just drilled the Pirates. But the Cubs... They got it taken out on them. So the Pirates are actually respectable now. They've got three wins. Won a series. The Pirates win a series, won three games out of the uh, first few games they've had. That's not bad. That's a good start because let's be honest here. They could have done better against the Cubs in the first series on the road. Did not. They won the first game and then lost two. And then they just got drilled by the Reds and then you think, okay, here we go again. No, now they've won two in a row. They won a third one against San Diego coming up tonight. They got a win streak going on here. How about that? That's what we're talking about here with the Pirates. So we're, we're looking forward to that action coming up tonight. It's going to be 6-10 airtime right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So we'll have all that Pirates action for you here. And, of course, if uh, you're looking for the statewide sports line, you can go to wvmetronews.com since we will be preempting the show tonight after our broadcast for Pirates Baseball. Again, if you are going to tune in later for Tony Caridi, you want to follow what's happening with uh, Caridi, you just uh, go to the website, wvmetronews.com. Since uh, the Pirates are playing a little earlier than usual, again, uh, San Diego, the opponent coming up tonight. And, of course, as I mentioned, we get your phone calls in. We're going to hear 
hear from Coach Huff a little bit later on. Uh, it was a fun weekend. Yeah, not only do we have baseball, baseball is really ramping up. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, the sports entertainment spectacle WrestleMania. That, for the first time ever on Peacock. You're like looking at me, Nick. Nick Verzellini, our intern, he's like, what is Peacock? It's a streaming service that is owned by NBC Universal. Yeah, you you have ESPN Plus, you have Stadium, you have all these different places you can get sports, and now you have Peacock, which Peacock is going to basically be the home for where you can get all of NBC's sports offerings for the most part, the soccer, some hockey maybe, you know, whatever the outcome is on what the remnants of NBC sports look like with the properties. You're going to see all that stuff on Peacock. And I feel like Peacock is an exclusive club because you have to have, for a while you had to have Verizon. Or was it Comcast? It was uh, No, it was Comcast. You had to have Comcast. You had to have Comcast Xfinity. And I, I guess I have the magic formula because I have Comcast Xfinity, Xfinity. And so I'm able to watch it. I didn't have I didn't have to pay $5.99. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch WrestleMania for the first time in years. I have not paid for a wrestling pay-per-view since probably the early 2000s. I mean, in the 90s, oh, yeah, you did that. You would drop, and then the pay-per-view would get more expensive. You know, first it was like 29 39 40, 69 and then you would go to places like, I don't know, you would go, if there was a restaurant, a pizza place, someplace showing it, You maybe Roosters would have it on, you would go there to watch WrestleMania. Not necessarily all the other wrestling pay-per-views, because those are, I mean, really, I mean, Royal Rumble, maybe. Other than that, I mean, come on. Money in the Bank, maybe. But Backlash, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching any of those. Do you have a particular pay-per-view, Nick, that you watch, the wrestling? Uh, do you even, does this even register to you with you? I haven't watched wrestling in probably like 10 years, like consistently. That's um, fair. So no, not really. But uh, how was it? I heard it was pretty good this year. The main event on night one was fantastic. Uh, it was... A showcase, I think, of what women's wrestling has become in the industry. And it really showed that you can have as the headline of your major sports event women. You can have a showcase. You don't have to have the same old headline. You can have a real interesting thoughtful match because spoiler this isn't real spoiler alert this isn't real but I thought it was really the first night was way better than the second night I mean it it truly was and you had a a big buildup between Sasha Banks the champion the boss love Sasha Banks she was in the Mandalorian for you Star Wars fans out there versus an up-and-comer, Bianca Belair. And you could just see the emotion on their faces when they got in the ring because, one, you've got two women of color headlining WrestleMania. That just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. And so they kind of felt the moment, and you could see it, and then they got the business. 
and it was a dynamic physical match, and that's what you want. You want a match that it tells a story, and it, it was really probably the best of all the matches of WrestleMania. And if don't at me unless you agree with me. Don't at me on Twitter at Paul Swan unless you agree because I'm right. It was one of the best WrestleMania matches I've seen in a long time. And I thought night one was really good, and then night two happened. By the way, uh, you're young. Explain Bad Bunny to me. Can you do that, Nick? Explain, Explain Bad what? Bunny to me. Explain what? Bad Bunny. Are you familiar with Bad Bunny? I know it's a TikTok thing. <laughs> okay. It. It's a performer. It's a group, right? I don't know about that. Okay, but. see, I'm like, because I came into this pretty cold. I'm like, who, what is Bad Bunny? So I don't want to show my age here, but come on. You know, we, we have friends that could probably explain this to us, right? Bad Bunny. We're, I'm going to need a, a complete understanding of, of of what Bad Bunny is. Why, why, why it was such a big deal on social media? I don't know. Okay. Um, He's on tour though. He announced his tour, so he's a he's a Puerto Rican rapper. I, I'm not that familiar with Bad Bunny, so that was something that was totally alien to me. But heck of a show, okay. And then night two, night two just started off horrible. Randy Orton shows up. He's got a, a storyline with Alexa Bliss and uh, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, sort of like a. He's sort of like a, a new take on The Undertaker, some nightmare creature. You know, I, and I knew all that because Randy Orton burned him in the middle of the ring. Because in professional wrestling, it's legal to burn a human being in the middle of the ring. I mean, there's no consequences. You just burn a human being. Or in a, it's, I guess it's sanctioned because they had matches with ladders and chairs, uh, kendo sticks, ring stare, po- you know, walk, anything. You could just beat anybody up here. And so you could actually burn a human being in, in professional wrestling. And it's legal. Well, I guess you sign a waiver. I don't know. But this was the return of The Fiend, and it was just terrible. Completely terrible. Randy Orton gets the win. I don't know if you care about Randy Orton. The legend killer. Yeah, the legend killer. The RKO. He hit the, he, uh, Alexa Bliss distracted The Fiend, of all people, and RKO got hit. And so, once again, the legend killer prevails. I mean, I do like Randy Orton. I mean, that might not be a popular opinion by some. But all in all, I didn't pay for any of this, and I thought it was pretty good. The uh, main events were really good. Uh, The final match, night two, was Roman Reigns, who I love as a heel, as a villain, versus Daniel Bryant, and you had the rated R superstar, Edge. Yeah, Daniel Bryan had to come back from uh, you know a career-ending situation. Uh, Edge had to come back from a career-ending situation. Um, I think Roman Reigns was you know, dealing with cancer. So I mean, these all guys were coming back, and then uh, it was a triple threat match. Lots of chair shots because again, in professional wrestling in the squared circle, you can hit someone in the head with a chair and not go to jail for it. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of professional wrestling. Yeah, you can just bust somebody open in the head, and, and it's okay. It's, it's completely legal, but it was a fantastic match. Uh, of course, there was interference, outside interference. So if I ever enter professional wrestling, I'm going, to have, I'm going to have people ringside so they can run in. And then 
Uh, probably one of the highlights of the night for at least social media was, uh, are you familiar with Logan Paul? Yes. Okay, I, you see, I knew who Logan Paul was. It had to be reminded why I knew who he was. Uh, he was part of a match, and then he got stunned. Yeah, with uh, he he Kevin Owens hitting with the Stone Cold Stunner in the middle of the ring, and it seemed like that was cathartic for the internet. I don't know why, but oh, maybe I do know why because um, he's had uh, he's had some issues. Yeah, Logan Paul's the one that knocked out Nate Robinson, though. Yeah, so he's yeah. a skilled fighter. Right. Well, he actually tweeted that out. He put a picture of of, of him laid out, and then he put a picture of where he got laid out. Just like he's like. Just making fun of the fact. So he, he was he's at least he's in on it. But yeah, okay. I don't know if I'm gonna call him skilled fighter. I'm not getting in the ring with him. I we, mean, if you knock out a professional basketball player, that's pretty impressive. I see, I don't know. I don't know about that. Just because you're a professional doesn't mean you're good. I mean, keep that in mind. But he's like an actor and influencer. So you <laughs> okay, he's like an influencer. I think you had it right there. He's an influencer. Social media influencer. I don't know if I don't. I don't want to say actor. I think he used to be on Disney Channel, or maybe that was his brother. I don't know. Uh, man, this went down a, a this went down a rabbit hole when we started with Bad Bunny. So that was a WrestleMania, and of course, uh, there were a lot of other real sport. Okay, um, I don't want to say real, um, more less scripted events going on because yeah, after all, these these are uh, these are some serious. Uh, athletes here but uh i'm sure coach huff was watching i didn't ask him that today i, I didn't because usually i get up for maybe one or two questions i didn't want to shoot that as my question because we talked to him on friday and I, I didn't think to ask him about wrestlemania when we had him here but he has talked professional wrestling before he has tweeted out about professional wrestling before if you've seen his profile and so I meant to ask him what he thought of WrestleMania, but instead I asked him a serious question. I, I know, how dare I? And that is uh, where we'll begin, among others, when we continue. We're going to hear his thoughts on the game coming up. And if you missed my interview with him on Friday, you can go to our website, wrvc.com. That's where you'll find the link to the podcast. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe to the show. But the quick way is go to our website. You can get the link there. You can listen to it right there at the website if you like, or you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts if you have got an iPhone. That might be the easiest way for you. But when we continue, uh, we're going to hear from the head coach himself, Coach Huff, Charles Huff. We get his thoughts on the game coming up on Saturday, the spring game, the green and white game. We will recap what happened this weekend. For Marshall Athletics, look ahead to what we've got. We've got some big things happening this week in the uh, Thundering Herd universe. Uh, some waiver action today for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about that. Get your phone calls in as well on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up this weekend, it's going to be the, are we calling it the spring game? We're calling it the green and white game. Coach Huff has referred to it as the spring game. 
Yeah, how are they promoting it on campus, Nick? Are they calling it the green, white game, spring game, anything? I think more so spring game, but either one I think works. Yeah, I'm with it. Spring game's coming up Saturday, Joan C. Edwards Stadium. Three o'clock is going to be uh, the kickoff-ish. We'll see what it looks like. Because, again, this is going to be where Coach Huff is running down uh, what we're doing as a team. And he had his uh, – I, I guess this is going to be the final presser of spring camp today, and he revealed how the rosters for each team will break down. Huff said that the first-team offense and second-team defense will be on one team, and the first-team defense and second-team offense will be on the other team. In his first spring as a head coach, Huff said that the biggest surprise has been the receptiveness of the players. I'm hard on them. I'm hard on them because they, they, they're, they're close to where they want to be, but they do need to close the gap. Um, and they've been ultra receptive. Um, there has been very little pushback. Um, the things we're asking them to do, they've tried to do them to the best of their ability. Um, they, they've gotten better. It's been uncomfortable for a lot of them because it's, it's, it's all different. It's all new. Um, but their, their receptiveness has probably been the most surprising. And not that I thought that they would be against it, but change is hard. Everybody wants change until it's time to change. So change is hard, you know. So even when you don't realize that you were giving pushback, there is there you you sometimes you are. And the players have been phenomenal without giving pushback, even when they don't understand why we're asking them to do something. Um, they've they've tried to do it to the best of their ability. Now this is coming at the end of the week, so you would think. Maybe you're going to start working this as a game. You're going to treat this as a game week. And that was kind of a question I was I was asking Coach Huff earlier about that approach because he talked to us on the show Friday about this is how we're going to teach them how to eat, how we go through the walk, how they do everything, a game day. This is sort of a, a practice, a dress rehearsal. So this game is at the end of the week, and I wanted to know, are you treating this like – you would a game. So Huff said that the team's approach doesn't change from a normal week of spring practice in this one. We're, we're using the rest of this week like we would any other spring week. You know, I think there, there are still some installs or still some situations that we need to uh, address that we may not be able to address in the game. There's still a few installs on the back end from offense, defense, special teams that we need to implement. So we won't get a full game replicated week. Um, but we will be able to replicate game day. Um, obviously, from a you know a game week, you're installing first and second down, your red zone, your third downs all the way throughout the week. We won't be able to do that because we still want to maximize these next three days of practice that we do have. Um, but Saturday will be a full game replicated um, schedule for the players so they can fully understand how we operate on game day. Um, Obviously, the game will be shortened um, just because of depth in, in that deal, but it will be very game-like, if that makes sense. The only thing will be different than a game will be the clock. So everybody can be prepared for a full game, uh, a full game atmosphere, a full game schedule. Running clock, basically. I think that's what he's implying. There will be a running clock at some point, or it's going to be a more of a condensed game. Still, it's going to be a game. 
and that's great. Now, Marshall's defense is returning a lot of its starters. One key position to watch on Saturday is going to be linebacker. They're heard trying to replace all-conference linebacker Devontae Beckett. Coach Huff said that the entire unit today, he said the entire unit has been very impressive throughout the spring. You know, it's been collective improvement. And when I say collective improvement, meaning the entire group has gotten better. And I think what has happened is that group sees an opportunity. Uh, that group sees an opportunity individually. That group sees an opportunity uh, with the new schemes that we're running that are going to put them in position to be able to make some plays. Um, it, it puts them in a position where they can show their skill set in the pass game coverage-wise and in the run game and blitzing. And I think it kind of excites them. I think that group is having fun getting better. Um, and, and that's probably a statement that, that can go over the entire team. The defense is probably the most because it changed for them. Um, not to say what was done in the past was not effective or not good, but I do think the change has ignited a little bit of excitement, um, which is helping them play with a little bit more intensity. I would think think you would have a problem if it didn't that's my takeaway you would have a problem if he said the opposite or did not say that because this is for a lot of these players this is their opportunity to step up move up to eliminate anything that happened before where you might feel as a player I didn't get a fair shot or I'm having a hard time cracking the starting lineup or I haven't gotten my opportunity because the guy in front of me is really good. And so I got to I got to wait. There's no waiting now. It's like, okay, are you good enough? Can you be consistent? Can you take advantage of the opportunity because the team just got hit with a reset button. But here you go. We're lining everyone up based on what you do here. Can you prove that you need to be in that starting lineup? Where do you belong? And I think that's really opened it up for a lot of these players. So I'm glad we're hearing that because if we weren't hearing that, I'd worry. And you've got a lot of guys, though, that are going to be fighting hard to get a job, and you're going to be looking at a lot of players that are going to be fighting hard to keep their job. And one position group that returns a lot of experience is the offensive line. Coach Huff says that the guys up front – are some of the best leaders on this team. Are a very mature group. Um, their, their, their approach is mature. Um, their approach is very um, business-like. They do a really good job of working together. Uh, I think we've got some leaders in that group, obviously. Um, Alex Millett, Omer, Adams, uh, Madden. You know, those guys have played a lot of football here, and you can tell by their approach, their approach to practice, their approach to meetings. The biggest thing that I've seen, which kind of goes unseen, is not a, you know, a, a reach block or a down block or double team. It's their accountability that they hold the entire room to. So we got a lot of young guys in that room also who have not played a lot of football. And those older guys hold those guys accountable. You know, those older guys are setting the bar for how they work, how they meet, um, the responsibility that they take. Um, so they're doing a really good job with that. That would be the biggest um, I won't say surprise, but the biggest unseen that, that, that you won't write about, you know, is, is their accountability that they're holding the young guys to. Got a lot of buy-in, it sounds like, that the veterans are buying in. They're trying to bring the younger players up with them. 
so far so good. We'll see what this looks like on Saturday. Still some more practice time to get in before we get to see at least what the product looks like during the spring game. We've got a lot to tell you about. Busy weekend. There's some stuff coming up for the Thundering Herd. It's going to be a huge weekend for Thundering Herd Athletics, not just with the green and white game, more of what you usually expect on a given weekend happening with soccer. We'll talk about that, what happened over the weekend. So we've got all of that for you. Your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. On Twitter, at Paul Swan, it's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Some good news coming out of women's soccer. Freshman midfielder Abby Hugh, she's got a little bit more in her trophy case now to show off. She earned three postseason awards. Named Conference USA Freshman of the Year, named to the Conference USA All-Freshman Team, and named Third Team All-Conference USA. That's pretty good. If you make All-Conference USA, not just a freshman team, but you make, as a freshman, you make one, two, or three, you pretty much are in the running for Freshman of the Year. And, of course, that means if you make All-Conference one, two, or three, you're probably going to make the Freshman Team. And if you've got those two, you probably have a good shot at being freshman of the year. And so this is good for Michael Swan and his squad. The record on the season, maybe not where he wants it. And let's be honest, of all the programs at Marshall, which program had the most adversity? Softball maybe had some issues, I'm sure. Scheduling, I'm sure. You can you could say basketball had a lot of adversity. It's fair. You know, you can put them in there. Tennis probably had some adversity. I mean, all the all of them had adversity. But of all the programs, you bring in a new coach and then the pandemic happens. Which program has the most adversity? And I'm going to say soccer on the women's side. Just not to downplay the pandemic, but I think it hit all the teams hard. But I think you had to fight for everything you got as a women's soccer team and to get a – a player not only named to a conference team. I mean, she was named to the all-freshman team, one of the conference teams, and freshman of the year. I mean, that says something. That's pretty good for what's happening with women's soccer. And, of course, they've got, hopefully, a bright future ahead of them. And I guess the, the good news is for them is you got it all in now. You got past the pandemic portion of this because if you if you lose all your game, you could win them all or lose them all. doesn't matter. You got through it, and next season's going to probably be a little bit different. And, of course, uh, lots of action going on in Herd Athletics Marshall golf team on course today and tomorrow. They're at the Mountaineer Invitational. Uh, they're at the Pete Dye Golf Club. Uh, this is hosted by West Virginia University. The course is a par 72 a total yardage of 7,308. That's the research staff we have here. Par 72, 7,308 total yardage. We we never got that kind of statistics before. Previous interns, we didn't get that kind of not we didn't get Nick, we didn't get that kind of data before. I mean, you just All you, you have to do is go on herd zone. You're you're right making there. it you're making it hard for the next intern. You're setting a standard. I mean, that's 
that's some that's knowledge right there. Um, looking for some, I guess, some important uh, performances. I mean, I, I say not big, but important performances because you, you want to try to to get your guys in the best place possible so they can have success. And Tyler Jones and and Christian Boyd, you're hoping that the, you get some good performances out of them. Noah Mullins, uh, you've got redshirt seniors, uh, Matt Hoffman, Cameron Root, Will Straub. You're hoping that you can get some good performances there to put them in a in a better place uh, because, I mean, it's a team sport, but it's also an individual sport. So that's what's happening with golf. And, of course, not a good outcome for herd baseball. Swept by Western Kentucky this weekend. I don't even like saying that. I don't like. I like. I don't want to say that. I don't like repeating that. Western Kentucky of all teams, that team, right? Marshall's now four and nineteen, zero and twelve in Conference USA, zero and twelve, and you're taking on WVU. You're in Morgantown. That's the team you beat last. You haven't won since you beat WVU, and I'm sure they remember it. And you're hoping that. Lightning can strike twice. You get this one. Say if you beat WVU twice, you would hope that you can then have that propel you against FIU. Weekend series, home series. So you've got the game in Morgantown. Then you've got the four-game home series against FIU. That's coming up on Friday. You hope that if you can get that win, just get a win. Outside of conference, doesn't matter it's WVU, but you get that win, and then hopefully you can start seeing some some success. I was hoping that the WVU win would give them sort of a springboard into some success, but again, this is a Marshall team that is playing from behind. Everybody that's ahead of them is ahead of them not only and where they're at in their season, their progress, but they've had more time out there. So, again, you, know, you want to fix that. You want to get that goose egg off the 0-12 portion of your conference record. And, of course, uh, softball lost 3 of 4. That's the other team, Middle Tennessee. Now, part of I'm just trying to get – I'm just trying to generate rivalries here. I'm trying to – I'm trying to stir it up a little bit, just get the rivalry stuff going here. But softball lost three of four at Middle Tennessee. Uh, you, you thought, okay, this is going to go well. One game, one, 10-4. And then you lost game two, nine to eight and 10 innings. That had to be deflating. I'm sure that was deflating. And then game three, middle one, nine, five. And then game four, uh, they won 6-2. So Marshall's in action this weekend at home against FAU. That's a four-game series. That comes up on Friday. So you've got all of this action. You've got herd baseball at home this weekend. You have herd softball home this weekend. Then you have on Friday herd soccer. And number 12, Marshall, beat UAB 1-0 on Saturday. Jamil Roberts scored the lone goal of the match. So now you have number 14, Charlotte, coming in on Friday. And this is going to be for every single marble. The Conference USA Championship right here. Coach Coach Grassy on the show tomorrow, 515, right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So already we have baseball, 
this weekend. We have softball this weekend, not just Friday, this weekend, the entire weekend. The green-white game, the spring game, the Marshall game, whatever you want to call it. You have that. So already you have a full calendar here. You have a full plate of action. And then it doesn't impact with the football game, but then you have Marshall tennis because tennis is back in action. Lost to Cincinnati 4-3 yesterday. The other match with Charleston canceled due to a positive test at UC. So Syracuse, the orange coming in, that's going to happen. That's a home set on Sunday. And then, of course, you get the football spring game Saturday, 3 p.m. And on Friday at 6 p.m., you know what you have? Bowling with Coach Huff and everyone else at the strike zone. And, of course, they're still taking bids on that now. Have we looked at the bids since we started talking about that the other day, Nick? We have an idea where that's at. That's your cue to say no. no. Yeah, okay. I know we looked at it when we talked to Coach Kemper, I think. You haven't looked at it since, have you? No. Okay, we're going to rectify that when we continue. We're going to look at that. We're going to see where the bidding is. It's going to be fast and furious tomorrow. It's going to be lots of bids probably coming in because, again, this thing is like an eBay-style auction. You place a bid down, and then you wait till someone else outbids you so you can go back and bid again. So all the bids are going to – and probably a lot of people are going to be camping on it last minute because like, I'm going to put $700 down. And someone go, I'm going to put $800 down. And you don't want to do that. You want to, you're gaming it two ways because, again, it's an eBay-style auction here. You're going to try to bid as much as you can to win, but not as much as you normally would if you're trying to ensure you win. I'm going to put $1,000 down. You're trying to get it for $900. Really, if you want to win, you put $1,000. You're going to try to outdo somebody. We'll take a look at that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Final segment, today's edition of The Drive, brought to you in part by White Claw. Our phone lines, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-TALK. 420-8255, White Claw phone lines. White Claw, hard seltzer, made pure. All right, we're back on the auction here. You got the bowling event coming up this weekend, and I guarantee you it's going to be massive bidding in about 22 hours. You got 23 hours, 7 minutes, and a chunk of change left as of this show being aired live. Chad Pennington, three bids, $1,000. You want to bowl with Chad Pennington, one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest, the Mount Rushmore of Marshall University Athletics has to have a spot for Chad Pennington, has to. Not Marshall football, Marshall athletics, three bids, $1,000. Okay, that's not bad, $1,000 to bowl with Chad. And you got 23 hours left. Mike Bartram has one bid, so someone bid $600 to, to bowl with Mike Bartram. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. This is a, it's an NFL superstar, Mike Bartram. Doug Chapman, you know, I, if you don't know, you don't know. Doug Chapman, two bids, 700 It could be better. Charles Huff, the head coach, $800. 
that's not bad. Three bids right there. So $800. Then you've got a new entrant into this. And I need the backstory on this. So I'm kind of curious now. And I've sent out the text to Tony Kemper, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. His bowling mate now, his partner, is no longer Dan D'Antoni. He has been replaced by Red Dawson. I mean, that's if you're going to replace Dan D'Antoni, where do you get a replacement? Easy. You go to Marshall Royalty. You go to Red Dawson, one of the most important, iconic figures in Marshall athletics, period. End of story. You get this guy, and you get to bowl with him and Tony Kemper on a project that will help further the success and future of Marshall football. I mean, if I'm going to bowl with uh, someone, I mean, that's a guy I want to talk to just because of what he means. And um, one bid right there. I told Coach Kemper I would try to get him up there, his bid. I don't know. I want to hear the backstory though. What's up with Dan D'Antoni? Well, he's not bowling, but one bid for Red Dawson and Tony Kemper. And then you got one bid for Max Yates. Uh, you got one bid for Jason Starkey. No bids yet for Steve Shulo. Come on. Someone bid on Steve. John Grace, no bids. Come on. Come on now. Cody Slate, one bid. Melvin Cunningham, one bid. Clint Trickett, come on. Somebody put a bid in for Clint Trickett. Carl Lee has no bids. That's one of your most significant football players of the last 40 years. Carl Lee. No bids. Come on. Chris Massey has zero bids. Nobody's bid on Doug Ligurski yet. Aaron Dobson, nobody. I'm sorry, one. I take that back. One bid. Danny Derricott, no bid. Dinero Marriott, zero bids. And I feel bad for saying this, but I'm kind of putting it out there as well. Come on now. Start putting some bids in here because it's just going to be ugly by the end of this because you're going to be bidding feverishly. You're just going to be bidding in a frenzy to to score a slot here. And this is going to be a fundraiser that is going to uh, benefit. I guess there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I don't know specifically, but there are some things. Coach Huff talked about this on Friday with us. So there's some things that need to happen in the Shuey building. And this is going to help go to that cause. And if you missed that interview, go back and you can listen to it. You can download it on the podcast, listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio, wherever you wherever you get your uh, podcast. And uh, I got a message back from Coach Kemper. I'm not going to repeat it here because I, I need more details. I need more details. But um, I'm, I'm good. You know what? Red Dawson, that's a good – I'll take that. That's solid. Are we still bidding on that, Nick? Have we come up with our seven, $800 yet? Have, have we got our funds yet to bid on this, to make our contribution to Marshall football and help support Coach Kemper? I thought that was your job. I thought you were going You're the intern. Bribing the you, people. You're the intern. Fair. Right. That's your job. I mean, what good's an intern if you don't use it, right? One day when you have an intern, you'll understand. I'll start knocking on the doors. Okay. Collecting money. Yeah, start working on that. Still, though, you know what's going to happen. This is this is not an indicator of what's going to happen. Somebody wants to go bowl, and they're sitting there going, uh, you know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait, and 
here here it is. I'm I'm gonna dive in the last minute. I'm just gonna bid six hundred dollars. And someone else is gonna think, you know, I'm just gonna dive in at the last minute. I'm gonna bid six. Oh, I gotta bid seven hundred. Okay. And you're gonna have like a whole bunch of bids come in last minute. People are trying to like just get in right at the minimum. Six hundred. I mean, come on, jack this thing up a little bit. Chat. See, there are some people who want to bowl with Chad. The last person who wants to bowl with Chad is putting it out there like, I'm $1,000. I'm going to bowl with Chad. If you want to bowl with Chad, put some more money down. That's going to go up. That one goes up. I think Coach Huff goes up the most. Those two. And, of course, we did promise for Tony Kemper and Red Dolson we'd get him $2,000. I'd be happy if we get 1000 for him. Tony's worth $2,000, do not you think? Coach Kemper's worth $2,000. Minimum, easy. Uh, this is all going on at HerdZone.com. We, uh, we're having some fun with it. Again, this is going to be a fundraising event. It's going to go towards projects at the Shuey Building. And if you want more details on what's going on with this event, I invite you to go back to our past episode. It's the Friday edition last week uh, where we talked to Coach Huff about this fundraiser and upcoming green and white game. That's going to do it for this edition of the program. Thanks to our producer this afternoon, Nick Verzellini. And, of course, we want to thank Coach Huff. Appreciate his time earlier this afternoon. For Nick, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.